Welcome to another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. And I brothers, think you, you, no, no, you need a new introduction for this <laughs> amount of time that we haven't had a podcast. Okay. It's not like welcome to another. Okay. Let's, okay. Uh, we got the band back together. <laughs> the reunion tour. Yeah, the reunion something. tour. Yes, the Pirate Monk reunion podcast. It has been some time, has it not? Yeah. Yes. Well, yes, it has. Uh, we're going to apologize and explain and kind of catch people up on what went down with our extended absence. It seemed as though uh, life changes happened all at once for just about everybody. I'm going to say that the biggest life change, I think the prize for the biggest life change, although it's close, goes has to go to Newton Dominey. Oh, yeah. It has to go to Newton. Yeah. All yeah, right. I'll, I'll carry that trophy. Yeah. So we have, as of... Saturday, the fifteenth Sunday, we've got an eight-week-old baby. Mm. Um, he showed up a few days early, and we didn't care. Um, he is <laughs> he is awesome, and fatherhood is awesome. Yeah, um, and not like anything that I expected. No, no. Really? I, I mean, like I had expectations. Yeah, but tried to not have expectations. Yeah, you know? yeah. But even beyond that, it's it's. Like I, it, I don't have words to talk about it. It's it's crazy. Okay, all right. So, uh, is that I lack? Can try. Of, does that absence <laughs> of words have anything to do with lack of sleep? No, I actually <laughs> sleep. Initially, yeah. I uh-huh. mean, I survived on on spark and <laughs> and, and enthusiasm. Yeah, right. Um, but no, I mean, right now he he sleeps really well. Okay, good. Um. Almost, like almost to a fault. He can sleep six, seven hours. Wow. Yeah. Um, so uh, I know some hard. people in their 30s that do that. Right. Right. Yeah. Unlike unlike our friends that are 30 and will crave six hours of sleep, he'll poop himself while he's sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. recommend that. For I know adult, some people in their 30s. For adult <laughs> listeners. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's great. Um, I mean, it's the the new dynamic in. My relationship with Brooke, I mean, it's still, it's evolving and we're figuring that out. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's a, it's a challenge and it's a fun challenge, yeah. you know, in, I don't know, grace and patience and saying, I'm sorry a whole lot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's this is it what kicks I, ass. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's so cool. Now you guys are having to kind of reconfigure the whole relationship and figure it out because you have yeah. well-established patterns. You guys have been married for how long? Fifteen years. Fifteen years. Yeah. Now comes the first child. Yeah. And we're gonna. Yeah. yeah we're gonna adjust. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's just been, I mean, kind of all on the fly, and it feels natural. And you know, there's been things like, like just quick conversations. I'll say, finger quotes, conversations, <laughs> about you know, okay, I can't go to my meeting and a hockey game and out with friends all in the same week. Yeah, right. Like three nights gone is too many nights gone. Yeah, right. You know, so I'm having to do some picking and choosing and, you know. The meeting I mean, is out. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, right. Um, so, yeah, and just, like, I don't know. Like, 
I, th- I feel like we talk pretty well about things. Good. And I don't know that I could have done that, not to like fly the the Samson and male intimacy flag mm-hmm. a whole whole lot. But there's no way I could have done that six years ago. Right. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm able if I have to be in my head for a minute to figure that space out and look at well why am I pissy right now? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's because of this, this, and this. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's cool. So, all right. Yeah. Well, congratulations Thanks. to you and Brooke, and I, I couldn't be happier for you. And I, 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 I know that if there's a man uh, in Middle Tennessee right now primed for fatherhood, I'm looking at him. Hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Hmm. Thanks. And Mondo, holy smokes, uh, the king of the career change here. <laughs> no, no, no. Huh? I know, man. So uh, tell us about it. All right, that is wide open. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I am doing uh, several things within the financial industry. Uh-huh. So uh, whether it be uh, working with families as far as their life insurance uh-huh. uh, or final expense yeah. or uh, wealth accumulation, risk management, right. things like that. So, okay. So the whole kid caboodle right uh, handling all those things based upon what the the need is okay so, hmm. so yeah man so it's it's been good uh, a lot of studying uh-huh a lot of studying uh which is you know brought back all those those uh college chops <laughs> <laughs> it's like man that's uh, yeah i remember this sucked yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. but uh but it's, it's been good man it's uh it's the, the nice thing about it is that I still make my own schedule. Okay. Uh, the first few months, not so much. Yeah. After I got, you know, kind of my feet wet. and uh, it's, it's been good, man. It's, a, right. it's, it's a totally different beast, but I'm enjoying it. It's been, okay. It's been good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Mm-hmm. We're going to be able to get back in the rhythm of doing the podcast now. Yeah. 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 Okay. Now, well, uh, now we got to get Aaron healthy over here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've been sick for how freaking long, Aaron? Uh, I think this is the eighth week. Uh, I was in bed for seven. Oh, jeez, man! But I'm, <clears throat> but I'm out of bed now. Here I am in in the back chicken coop studio. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I uh, thought for a while it might be valley fever. Tests kind of ruled that out. They just said you're just one sick guy. Yeah, I think they just didn't think people of my uh, age and swarthiness, <laughs> swarthiness, <laughs> man, I couldn't even self-promote properly. It's so hard right now. Uh, uh, usually people don't get pneumonia as bad as I got it, so they kept yeah. trying to figure out that it was anything but pneumonia. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was just really bad pneumonia. And it started, I was on vacation in the mountains. And uh, the day before I left, I had to play music at a brewery and just loading equipment and all that. I was uh, getting kind of dizzy. And then the next day, loading the car. By the time I got there, I spent seven days in bed because it was an hour and a half to the nearest doctor. Uh-huh. And I just didn't want the, the family to have to sit in the car for an hour and a half each way, you know, like a three-hour yeah. trip. So I just yeah. sat in bed for seven days. And mm-hmm. in that time, it became something bad. Yeah. So, note to everybody, rest and water doesn't fix everything. Okay. Sometimes it just gets worse. Also, I also like how Aaron buried the lead there uh-huh. and said, I played at a brewery and got dizzy while I was loading things mm. back up. <laughs> no, I, it, was, it was on the way to the brewery. I couldn't even enjoy that night. I knew something was wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was that was the beginning of it. And, uh, yeah, so it's been good. I've talked to... Uh, 
a number of friends who have been sick for long-term years and years. We've been on the phone and, you know, they'll, they'll say things to me, uh, regularly, like I hate Netflix. I loathe <laughs> Netflix. And I'm like, I totally get that. If you're sick, you can't leave the house for like years. Yeah. Uh, like one of these guys, he just, you know, here's Netflix and just to turn it on makes him feel very bad feelings and just wow. being in bed this amount of time and you know i had two positions i could lay in and the rest i couldn't breathe well and then cough so you're just kind of stuck and i couldn't read and, and man after like three weeks i hated netflix i'm like <laughs> oh, you stupid netflix i hate you there's nothing on netflix yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. so yeah i think last time i talked to you i had spent a day watching cello instructional videos on youtube <laughs> <laughs> I don't own a cello, but I just couldn't watch Netflix anymore. So in my mind now, I can play the cello amazing. <laughs> All right. <Wow. laughs> Let's start a fund to buy Aaron a cello. Cause I, yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. See, watch it. Here it is. That's the position. See the hand? The hand's right. Shoulders. It's good. We need to. We're going to need to upgrade eventually to a to a video podcast here, so that people can get the full effect. Right, the full experience. Well, the full. Wait a minute. I'm See, that's taking the... another look at the monitor and thinking maybe that's not such a good idea. Uh, <laughs> See, that was that was the that was the joke before. If you'd even got me yesterday, it would have been different because I really just sit there with a comb and this ever growing beard and shave it into different things and then the kids come in they're like what'd you do today and then we'll braid it and put little like rubber bands from those bracelets the kids make and it'll be like a giant thing it's 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 great facial hair really can cause family bonding when someone's sick i recommend it go to some old folks home today and braid some man's facial hair and i think you'll make his day wow no. I'm pretty sure that that sentence that. has never been spoken before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and report back on how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that is the key. Make sure I'm, you I'm get his permission curious. first. Yes. Oh, please do. Yeah. Oh, man, you're taking away all the fun of this thing. Just hold still. <laughs> what are you doing to me? <laughs> oh, wow. Well, it's been... So, no changes for you, Nate? I mean, you're the only one that's not... Uh... Well, it's been a lot of activity. Fortunately, I haven't changed careers, uh, don't have any more children. Uh, that I'm aware of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That, uh... Yeah, terrible. Uh, no, Allie and I just got back two nights ago from a three-week road trip that uh, reminded us of how old we are becoming. But it was a great trip. Started out, went out to Seattle and spoke for our, our good friends out there, Prodigals International at their oh. conference. What a terrific time that was. And, uh, and then uh, a few days in San Francisco. Interestingly, Southwest Airlines routed us from Nashville to Seattle through San Diego, which makes sense. <laughs> and we, we were stuck there. triangulation yeah we, we, we were stuck there for five hours and it's a very small airport with one bar and not a lot of seats but Allie managed to get a seat and then she kind of became the host of this 
this party with uh, you know with an ever changing cast of characters. We mm -hmm. actually had a great time there, which was good because in order to fly us from Seattle to San Francisco, which was our next stop, Southwest of course took us through San Diego, <laughs> <laughs> and we were back at the same airport bar and had some more, a good time there. Made some more friends and took some more pictures, and then uh, a few days in San Francisco, and then. Uh, uh, and then it was uh, across the country to speak at a conference in South Carolina. We spent eight days in Asheville, North mm. Carolina, which is one of our nice. favorite towns. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, last time I was there, there were 12 breweries. We're up to 16 now. Wow. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Leave no pint glass unturned. Right. Oh, <laughs> man. There's, there's really a theme to every one of your stops on these. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> there's only one bar in San Diego's airport. <laughs> And yeah. there are 16 in Asheville. That's right, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, actually, we uh, we uh, we practiced uh, moderation on the trip. Moderation in all things, including moderation. That is my motto. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but we did uh, sample the local brews. It was wonderful. And uh, and then a weekend in uh, a conference, in, uh, the following weekend in Athens, Georgia. Uh, before finally getting home. so Home of REM. Did you see REM while you were there? Are they still in Athens? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We met them uh, at the airport bar in Athens. <laughs> <laughs> They're the great. greeting committee. That's their job now. Welcome <laughs> to Athens. <laughs> we haven't Peter sold a record for a while. This is what we do. Hang out at airport bars. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to play my Rickenbacker? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. Good trip and uh, great to be home. We missed some crappy weather. We mm. caught the last yeah. flight out before they shut the airport down oh, wow. for the second time. Is this the and snowy I weather I heard about? Like the, the uh, East Coast snow? Snowy, icy weather here. Yeah, icy. Yeah. I mean, here in Middle Tennessee, I mean, in Franklin, Tennessee, the, the schools were out for two weeks. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah. Two Can weeks you... on weather. Yeah. And that's Isn't right it? after Christmas break. Yep. So these kids yeah. had like... That's and, awesome. And oh, spring break spring starts Monday. Yeah. yeah, spring break is next week. Dude. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I just my no, teacher you, friends hate this. You because so oh. like they go to school for like three days. Dude, it's like so nobody wants to be there. That are like suicidal right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you, you have to understand. It snowed once in the town I grew up in, and it just powdered the ground. But they closed our school so we could go to thrift stores and get skis and just kind of yeah. grate around on the rocks because there was no snow. But they yeah. let us close the school. That is the only weather closure I've ever Wait, experienced my whole life. Did, so I love this. This work? is amazing. How does that work? Like the town you live in never gets snow, but they have skis at the thrift yeah. store. <laughs> well, I think that's why they're at the thrift store. People buy them. Oh, they're like, yeah, I'm going to yeah. ski, and they're like, man, I got to drive like four hours to get to the snow. Forget this. Goes to the thrift yeah. store. So yeah, there well, are plenty of skis. That's kind of like the exercise equipment you can always find at yard sales. Have you mm -hmm. noticed that? Yeah. Every yard sale. Yeah, the cross. Was it cross country? Whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 the, yeah Nordic got, track, yeah. the Nordic track. Everybody's got a Nordic and track, the ab, or a rowing the ab machine, one. or a yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly right. The world's most expensive clothes hangers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're up to speed. Uh, there's been a lot happening in the media lately. Uh, we'll talk about that when we get right when we come back here on the Pirate Monk Podcast reunion tour. <laughs> That's great. It starts with an earthquake, birds and snakes, an airplane. Lenny Bruce is not a. Turn one. 
And we are back on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Uh, I don't know whether you guys had this experience, but I did. You probably did, where uh, there was a kind of this flurry of messages that I got on Facebook and, and other social media within the space of a few days. Like, dude, have you seen this video? Dude, have you seen this video? And it was the Russell Brand rant against pornography. You guys see that one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the total views on that thing were. But... Uh, you know, he, he didn't say anything new. It was Russell Brand saying it, uh, you know, sitting uh, in bed, uh, looking half awake well, and, and the, covered and with regret. That, that, mm-hmm. Yeah, that it's the thing with Russell Brand is he's unapologetically talking about his life right. and not asking you to have experienced any of it. Yeah. Right, yeah. And so that's why it's powerful Yeah. because he, I mean, come on, we can just go back to Jesus calling for us to be witnesses yeah. and not proselytizers. Anybody who's a witness to their own experience, it becomes powerful. And that's what Russell does. Yeah. And Ooh. so talking about pornography, it was uh, was great, you know, yeah, him talking all... about his own disconnection. And yeah. he's talked other times about growing up with his dad. His dad took him to a brothel when he was very mm. young. They went on vacation together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his first sexual experiences were with prostitutes with his dad. Yeah. Mm. Um, and he's talk, he has a little, you know, jokey thing about how, you know, falling in love with a prostitute as your first sexual experience is very confusing for a young man. <laughs> and it's all funny, but underneath funny is a whole lot of baggage yeah. that he slowly brings out in all these things. Yeah, yeah. And he's really honest. Well, so what you guys take away? Yeah, yeah, no. I, just the, I, I think that, like for me, and I only watched the video once and then shared it or whatever. I think I put it on actually the Pirate Monk uh, Facebook page. But just his, his candor, and just how he talked cleanly about, look, it's bad. And yeah. he had, and and he had obviously like, it I guess riles him up enough that he had research, mm-hmm. like he had statistics and yeah. and yeah. science, sciencey stuff that I don't really understand, but it's science, so I trust it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but just I mean how, I mean just how plainly he talked about it and said this is this is bad. Yeah. And what I think really. What really jumped out at me, and I guess it's been a, a, a week or more since I've seen it, but what really jumped out at me was he said something to the effect of, like, whoever looks at porn and is then finished with looking at porn and says, wow, okay, that was a great way to spend 30 minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but just, like, all, all the little things, it's like, oh, yes, somebody else yeah, yeah. gets it and is willing to, mm. to use their platform to, to talk about it. Well, uh, as another sign that the culture is waking up, uh, there was this article in GQ magazine uh, under the title 10 Reasons Why You Should Stop Looking at Porn Now. Hmm. Uh, It says, with the ubiquity and easy access of porn these days, it shouldn't come as a surprise that people are beginning to study the effects of it on our sex lives. According to a website called projectno.com, 420 million web pages are dedicated to porn, meaning the non-porn internet roughly consists of, well, Wikipedia. Scientists at Cambridge University recently studied the brain scans of porn addicts and found that they looked exactly like those of drug addicts. With such an inexhaustible supply of porn at our disposal, there's a growing concern that it is beginning to affect our brains, our relationships, and even our bodies. 
beyond, of course, your mother's idle threats of blindness and hairy palms. <laughs> a recent survey of, Red, of a Reddit community called NoFap, which is committed to abstaining from porn and masturbation, has helped researchers open the doors to a better understanding of the effects of pornography on our lives. While none of the results are conclusive, there are certainly some statistics that should give a moment's pause. Here are some of the highlights of why it may be a good idea to stick with Netflix next time you open up your laptop. <laughs> there on the Netflix theme, yeah. Sorry, Number... I'm still stuck on pause and wondering <laughs> if they're hair hairy pause. Yeah, it's, Take yeah. a hairy pause, you know, that yeah, was, anyway. it was right there. Okay. All right. Number so one. Netflix, go to Netflix. Here There's we go. There's nothing bad there. <laughs> Number one, for those addicted to porn, arousal actually declined with the same mate, while those who regularly found different mates were able to continue their arousal. It's known as the Coolidge effect, or novelty-seeking behavior. I think we've talked about this. Porn, after all, trains the viewer to expect constant newness. Number two, one in five people who regularly watch porn admitted to feeling controlled by their own sexual desires. Three, 12% of nofappers report watching five or more hours of internet porn every week. 59% report watching between four and 15 hours of porn per week. Number four, Almost 50% of those on NoFap have never had sex in their lives, meaning that their only experience with intimacy is purely digital. Hmm. Uh, number five, 42% of male college students report visiting porn sites regularly. 42% sounds a little low. Lying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number six, 53% of NoFappers developed a regular porn habit between the ages of 12 and 14. An alarming 16% they started, said they started watching porn before they turned 12. Number seven, 64% report that their tastes in porn have become more extreme or deviant. Uh, and there's a medical explanation for that. Number eight, uh, among 27 to 31 year olds on NoFap, 19% suffered from premature ejaculation, 25% are disinterested in sex with their partner, 31% have difficulty reaching orgasm, and 34% experience erectile dysfunction. That's a huge and growing problem among young men, uh, erectile dysfunction caused by porn. Number nine, <clears throat> uh, after committing to no masturbation slash porn, 60% of those on NoFap felt that their sexual functions had improved. And number 10 and 67% had an increase in energy levels as well as productivity. Boy, don't I know that. So, there it is, men, it says. Uh, while the evidence may not be scientifically thorough, there's certainly enough to suggest that porn has a negative impact on our lives. Might be a good time to give that overworked hand some rest. Or at the very least... Use it to dial the phone number of a real live human woman and ask her out on a date. Oh, I thought it was like a one nine hundred like promotion. <laughs> right Stop looking at porn. Yeah. Do phone sex. Uh, uh, so, it, it, does this bother you at all? Because they had that congressional hearing on pornography what ten, twelve years ago, mm -hmm. and it didn't matter what was said. These exact same things. Yeah. 
it was just so we're not going to say that pornography is bad especially outside of the church it was right. like oh this is a religious thing you're a bunch yeah. of puritanical blah 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 but they were saying all the same stuff yeah yeah there's just like as you're reading that from gq yeah right uh, there's something that's just annoying to me and now i'll get over it because it's no longer productive for the next yeah. part of the conversation that here we are now but this is not new information no 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 uh, no, no. but it, it seems like people are more ready to receive that this might be a problem yeah yeah and i think so what is it oh go ahead aaron I was going to say, what does it mean that all of this coming from a from non-religious sources? How does that change this equation? Well, I do think that um, it opens the conversation. What I love about uh, sex addiction is that it brings us, or porn addiction, addiction of any kind. Mm -hmm. is Can you just rephrase this whole thing? I don't want to start with what I love about porn no, addiction no, no, no. is. I, yeah, no, is, no I'm, is, I, I'm saying that on purpose. Anything, You're that, with it. anything right. that that gives us the gift of desperation, who bring mm. that anything that brings us to the end of ourselves, to a point of of abject loneliness and despair, in the end can be a good thing. Mm -hmm. And what I love is that a growing number of people are are, are finding themselves at the edge of a, prepice, a, a precipice. They followed a, a promise that turned out to be hollow. They went in search of a life that turned out to be a death, and now they want something else. And, I, and I'm just glad that we're sitting around here knowing what the answer is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the people who are ready to hear the answer, the number of people who are ready to hear the answer is growing. I see it in the church and outside of the church. The invitations that I get to speak, I mean, seven years ago when I first started, I wasn't getting a lot of invitations, right? right. And then it's, you know, it's that thing and it's down the hall and it's in that room. And, yeah. you know, you don't get, I haven't gotten a, but, but, but as the years go by, it's more and more phone calls. The rooms are getting bigger. Mm -hmm. The conversations are becoming more open because we're more and more willing to face what is uh, an undeniable truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a, a couple of things. One, I think it's, and I don't, I'm glad that, that the article is in GQ. Yeah. But I think the irony of it being in GQ <laughs> can't be ignored. Yeah. Um, I mean, just, but <laughs> I was a GQ. No, I, actually, I was an Esquire subscriber, but it's the same same idea. Mm -hmm. I mean, they basically have, I mean, there's softcore porn. Yeah. In their advertisements. They do pictorial things. I mean, there's there's all those things. Yeah. And. So I think it's a it's a little bit funny yeah, to me that that's that, where that it it's is. there, but it's but it's there. Yeah, and you know if you find if you find that gift of knowledge while you're you know if I find my answer to porn addiction while I'm looking for porn that yeah. my wife is okay with because it's inside a men's style magazine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but I, I also think, I mean, it's it's not entirely recent. I think it's been building. I mean, there was even a movie. Uh, Gosh, Don, it's like based Don on John. Don Juan. Oh, Don yeah, Don John. John, yeah. Yeah, about the guy who couldn't have real relationships because mm -hmm. he was addicted to porn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what it did in the box office, but like real actors, like real yeah. people with real names mm -hmm. made that. It wasn't some god-awful Kirk Cameron movie. <laughs> you know, it was a real major release. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. You know? Um, exactly. You know, the, the trouble with porn addiction, like from Hollywood. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, which means, I mean, like they don't put stuff out that people don't want to see. Mm -hmm. So that means there's an appetite for 
the stuff that's there. Yeah, for truth. You know, for yeah. truth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, we have uh, with us here in the studio a returning guest who, uh, when we come back, can bring his own perspective to this story because he sees it every day in his practice, uh, talking with guys who have finally made the decision to seek some help for some unproductive, self-destructive behavior. So we'll be back in a minute with uh, Thaddeus Hefner. So stay with us here on the Pirate Monk Podcast. And we're back here on the podcast with our good friend Thaddeus Hepner. Hmm. Thanks for coming in, Thanks man. Thanks for having me again. Yeah. It's been a while. And yeah. I always enjoy getting to stop in and visit with you guys and laugh. Laugh a lot when I'm here, so I don't know that I ever laughed this hard. Okay. Um, yeah. And what makes you special is that, you know, you're not just a friend and a guy we know, but you're a guy we know. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I'm glad to be known. Uh, and, you know, we've uh, we've been on meetings together and weekends together and... <laughs> And it's gone uh, well past the limits of sports uh, and weather, mm. right? Yes. Yeah. Thank God. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the weather has sucked for what we just talked about here recently, right? So. You know, um, <clears throat> we were talking a minute ago about the Russell Brand video yeah. that went viral there. There was one quote in there that kind of caught my ear. He yeah. said, he quoted a, a priest, and he said a priest recently, I heard a priest once say that the problem with pornography is not that it shows too much, but that it shows too little. Mm -hmm. um, now, you're a therapist, mm -hmm. uh, a, a, well, a highly regarded therapist mm -hmm. here in the Nashville community, and uh, there's a, a good number of guys I do know who come to your office mm -hmm. because they have decided that they've got to do something about this uh, sexually uh, sex-related behavior, mm -hmm. often porn addiction, and uh, kind of lead us, will you, into kind of uh, what's the approach you take with mm -hmm. these guys? What are the insights that you see coming up? Mm -hmm. uh, well, um, to to if I could boil it down to one statement and then we'll unpack from there is I see pornography or any kind of addiction uh -huh. or what I would call even an avoidance mechanism mm -hmm. as legitimate uh, it's they're illegitimate ways to try and get legitimate needs met. Uh huh. So often what I tell men uh, or women, mostly men in my office, or concerned spouses or parents mm -hmm. is. Uh, uh, 
you know what? It's actually not about the pornography and mm-hmm. masturbation. Yeah. It, it's what's going on underneath. What 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 do they really need? What I call non-negotiable needs. And that can be extremely difficult for uh, a spouse or a parent to digest right. if they've caught their husband or their son or whatever uh, looking at pornography or checked the history. Um, it's hard for them to hear that at first. And sometimes it's even hard for the client to hear, what do you mean this isn't about pornography and masturbation? Yeah. It certainly seems like it's about pornography and masturbation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but often what what they eventually can come to the conclusion uh, as we're in, working therapeutically and even in their everyday life um, is that they're not getting legitimate needs, God-given needs put in every human being, need of each other, healthy mm-hmm. needs met by by safe individuals, other friends, community, spouses, family. Yeah. Those are often going greatly unmet. Uh-huh. And I give an assignment out. I've even, I think, talked about this several years ago, this assignment not here before. Uh, just do a basic inventory. What do I need as a man from other safe men? Not just from my wife or my girlfriend or women, but just start with your own gender. What do I need from safe men? Yeah. Uh, underscore safe. Yeah. yeah. And then do I get those needs met? Yes or no? Mm-hmm. It's the hardest assignment any client I've ever seen. They mm-hmm. always come back. I always hear, this was difficult. I've yeah. never really thought about this. Yeah. And what they conclude, and and sometimes before we get to the conclusion, sometimes it's so difficult that we begin to look at what's going on for you underneath the pornography. Yeah. You know, I don't need to know what's going on in the pornography. Porn is porn is porn. Right, right. right. What they generally, what what we generally conclude is, uh, and I, you would think I was talking to the same client every time because uh-huh. I hear the same answers, and it's, I need closeness, connection, affirmation, approval, love, kindness, respect, healthy touch. Yeah. Uh, and when then they look at, am I getting these things in my everyday life and how often yeah. or am I getting them at all? It's usually no or rarely. Yeah. Even for married men, it's no or rarely. Yeah. And so what they're, what they finally begin to realize is they're trying to get all of these legitimate needs met. Uh, in Ill- this is one of the illegitimate ways or maybe the only illegitimate way, but there's certainly there are other ways, food, exercise, Right. Uh, drugs, alcohol, we, any any kind of overindulgence. Uh, not that porn can just be overindulgent. Porn <laughs> is, you know, unhealthy. Objectification of any kind is unhealthy. Um, so, so that's where that's usually that's what a legitimate need being found in an illegitimate way. Yeah, that's what. Briefly unpacking that, you know, to sum it up, that's what that looks like. Yeah. What I'll also hear from men too is. Um, they'll say, if, if it's women they're lusting after, they'll say, my issue's with women, and you're sending me to safe men? What is it, you know? And they have no community, usually, yeah. or very little. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I'll often find out that, no, their issue is first with men, because they've either been belittled by a father or diminished yeah. by mentors or teachers, just role models in their life. Yeah. And, um, and... In the fantasy or in the reality of the porn or the actual person they're with, right, right, right. Well, what are we hearing? You're amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you, you know just how to make me feel. Desire. Yeah. All these things are coming up. It's a quick fix. Right. Um, hey, hey, Thaddeus, yeah. you're using you're using the word uh, illegitimate. Yeah. <clears throat> which I think makes sense to all of us. But I'm thinking if somebody hears that that 
thinks, you know what? Porn's not bad. Uh, I can mm-hmm. think of people who uh, gave their 18-year-old son's Playboy subscriptions. That was mm-hmm. there. You're entering into manhood. Here's some mm-hmm. porn. Yeah. So how do you defend the statement, or why is it an illegitimate way to meet those legitimate needs? Uh, that's a great question. I usually don't have to defend that in my office because they're there <laughs> because they want right. to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, just even the uh, article that mm-hmm. Nate read, and certainly uh, Newton touched on it as well, there is plenty of scientific research out there that suggests that any uh, anytime we go, we're ignoring healthy need and we're trying to uh, fill fill it with something else. So that means, you know, Food is great. We need food. We do need food to nourish our bodies. We need food to give us energy, to live, to breathe, to, to, um, to function. But overindulging in food, it suddenly becomes um, not great. It becomes an addiction. And we have to look at, why am I overindulging? Why did I just put 20 pounds on in two months? Uh, what, what's really going on? Something else is going on. So pornography is objectification it's a counterfeit of reality reality is the flesh and blood human that I'm going to have healthy intimacy with healthy vulnerability with so often why I say that they shouldn't be giving their son that pornography is because in my judgment and I believe research backs this up they're short-circuiting intimacy and vulnerability so they're saying uh, in, in essence they're saying go have a false relationship with this photo or this video and your penis instead of actually get naked with your body and somebody else that you don't know before you get naked with your heart with somebody you do know that's what they're saying and uh, something you said just kind of blew my mind right now because vulnerability is always a big issue for me sure and the biggest aspect of vulnerability is risk yeah. If there is no risk, there is no vulnerability. Right. And the biggest thing is you're talking, I'm thinking, hey, here's a person I don't have to talk to. I I can project the conversation from them to me. Right. I'm making all of it up. There yes. is zero risk. Right. Right. And so there can never be vulnerability, and therefore it can never truly be relationship. Yeah. Right. And the brain thinks that what you're fantasizing or looking at is really happening, mm-hmm. even though you know it's not. So, And there is no risk. Up here in my mind or what I'm looking at, these people will never hurt me. There Mm -hmm. is no risk. But if I go and approach a woman or approach male friends, right, first and foremost, if I'm looking at needs through what does my male community look like, am I getting these needs met first in safe and healthy ways by my male community and then from the feminine? um, if, um, if, If I'm only going to objectification or other ways of avoidance, there's never risk. But if I have to go over here to Newton and I'm like, well, he seems pretty cool and I'm going to go introduce myself. And, but he could reject me and he could give me the cold shoulder or he could not give me the time of day. So there's the risk. Yeah. Or what if Newton really knew me? What if he yeah. really knew my stuff? If, if this friendship goes somewhere and I get vulnerable and then he rejects me. So there's all kinds of risk. Risk is such an important part of this. You're absolutely right, Aaron. Mm. And to me, like the the hardest thing for me to ever tell anybody is I need this. Yes. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> you know, whether it's going to my wife and saying, I need this from you mm-hmm. or going to Mondo and saying, I don't know how to do this. I need mm-hmm. you to teach me this. Mm-hmm. And and to me, like 
if I can't do like that's that's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so if I can't do that with a man mm-hmm. and say, hey, can you teach me this? I need I have this need. Mm-hmm. And I can't I certainly can't do that with my wife, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe I can't do it with my wife. But if I can't do that, it's so easy to get that need, you know, that that real need met in that safe way. And let me ask you, when you have risked with safe men in your life and done that. Yeah. What has been your experience? Oh, more often than not, if people, if someone like, I get really hung up just being vulnerable. I get really right. hung up on asking another man to teach me something like work on a car, right, or how to build something, or or whatever, because I feel like I should just inherently have that man knowledge, right? You mm-hmm. know, like out of like a lightning bolt out of the sky. Which that's a shame me. message. I should know yeah. this. Okay, so let's just point that so out. That's shame. If I go to somebody that has knowledge, right, and I say, hey, will you show me that? Yeah. I mean, I almost always get a yes. Now, there okay. may be conditions. I, I was going to say, you said more often than not, and I'm thinking, what do you mean, 51%? No, but no, no I actually, it seems like you're saying yeah. like 99%. I should take that, just turn a phrase back. Yeah. I would say almost every time. Yeah. Um, if I'm willing to ask a man mm-hmm. that I have a relationship with, mm-hmm. you know, that, that I know. a safe man, right. Yeah, a safe man. If I ask that man, excuse me. Hey, will you will you teach me how to build a table? I mean, I had this interaction two months ago. Right. I asked a friend to help me build a table for Luke, my son. Right. You know, for his room, and that was scary because he could have said no. Right. And he said, "Yeah, I'd be happy to teach you. Come right. over this time, this date. There are conditions that have to be met. Right. It has to be on his schedule and sure. those things. But yeah, I don't know that I can't think of a time when I've expressed a need to a safe man, and they've said." I have the ability to meet that need for you, and I won't. Right. So when he said, yes, I will help you learn how to fix that car, or yes, I will help you build this table, yeah. what's the message he was sending? What did you hear in that? What was he saying oh, to you? Oh, man, that I'm worth something. Yes. And yeah. how did that feel? Oh, it's great. See, we're doing therapy right now here, guys. <laughs> this is what. Yeah. And, and you took a risk, and you were afraid of the no, and yeah. how did it feel to risk and get the, oh, yeah, or even if you had gotten the no. It's euphoric. Yes. Yeah, and, and it's it's really it's it's almost more euphoric than, in my experience, seeking out porn. Right. And how did you feel after he said yes, and then you built the table, or you did? How did how did you feel after it was all done? Did you feel shame and guilt and despair? Oh no. No. What no, did you like feel? like pride and happiness and connection and yes. and self worth and. And after yeah. an episode with porn. Yeah, right. Think, how do we feel? <laughs> right. And we'll or overeating feel or whatever. Theoretically, how do you feel? <laughs> yes, theoretically speaking, right. Yeah. What? yeah. Thaddeus, let me yeah. let me play isolationist advocate sure. for a moment. You're using the word uh, safe man. And yeah. so I'm picturing, all right, uh, I, I hear what you're saying. That sounds awesome. I want to build a table with a safe man. How do I... And I don't even want to say the word, how do I know if someone's safe? Because, again, if I knew it, there'd be no vulnerability in it. Right. So how do I know it's a person worth risking? I think you're a safe man. What are what are signs of that? What do people look for? Well, uh, it, it's like any other uh, friendship, right? How do, how do we make friends? I, I know that there are certain men in my life that I get to a certain point. And something happens, and I, I just realize, oh, I, I can't trust these guys as far as I can throw them. Or uh, this is as far as I can trust them. Mm-hmm. That's what they're telling me. Just like uh, Newton took the message, I am worth something, uh, mm-hmm. there are also other messages we get from men and women that say, you can't trust me, or you you're, don't get vulnerable with me because I will um, 
I, I will not understand. That is an anti-Christian message you're giving because we're not supposed to judge people. <laughs> I'm not supposed to have yeah, an experience a, with you and say, I don't Man, know. What Bible I have an intuition. <laughs> I, don't, I have an intuition. Judging the scriptures often misinterpreted by yeah. modern day Christians. What you're what you're saying is such an important message that we do have intuitions that a person is not safe, is not trustworthy, and that's okay to say, okay, so I'll be this much of a friend with you. But I'm looking for somebody I can go this far with. I think there can be a lot of guilt when we feel like, yeah, I can't go deeper with you. I don't have to go deep with everybody. That's right. You don't, you don't have to go deep with everybody. There are certain people that haven't matured enough to be trustworthy. And certainly we are all at our own levels of maturity in that as well. And why, why would I trust somebody with my heart that's not trustworthy? That's not. That's not judgment. That's just wisdom in my judgment. Yeah. In my judgment, that's <laughs> yeah. wisdom. Um, so it's discernment. Discernment. Yeah. It's yeah. like, but it's like anything else. Uh, there's that gut. You just know in your heart and you know in your gut you've you've gone far enough with this person to where it's it's not doesn't make it less scary because if I say something to Newton right now about. I, whatever that's scary for me to say it's still going to be scary and I've known Newton for a couple of years now and I trust Newton yeah. but it's still going to be scary but if I step into that and risk with him and Newton holds that space for me and hears me and and doesn't judge me see there's a thing there's where the non-judgment comes in is when we're willing to get vulnerable with safe men then usually, and I, you know, I'm saying what everybody really knows, but we're all just afraid to do. So I'm, you know, this is where, yes, I do this every day, and I'm the expert, and I'm not, because we're all experts when it comes to knowing our hearts and trusting men. But, you know, whenever, and this happens in Samson circles all the time, when a man puts something out there that's mm -hmm. scary, that usually the vulnerability increases in the room. Right. Mm -hmm. And the trust levels increase and the walls start to come down. Right. Yeah. Right. But if and 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 Samson is a confidential, it's held in confidence mm -hmm. every week that is stated. Right? right. If one man goes out and just starts telling everybody's business mm -hmm. and those uh, the other men in that circle find out how trustworthy, how 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 well, are they going to welcome that man back into the circle the next week? Yeah. Right. So we all know how to do this. It's just a very scary, risky process. But the benefits far outweigh the, the risk um, when it's with safe men, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I, I have another question, but Nate, you, you haven't, I've had so many, you haven't got to do anything yet. And, you know, <laughs> you're getting paid a lot for this. I want you to earn it. <laughs> can, can I ask my other question? Or are you? Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Roll. Keep going. Uh, wow. All right. So. Because uh, I don't, you know, the porn is uh, just not an issue in my life any longer. <laughs> so I'm out of this conversation. I graduated. So uh, obviously you're still in it, so you talk to <laughs> Seven weeks in uh, So that's an example of being able to discern when someone's not safe. When they say something like that and they right. put up the walls. Exactly. That was a really uh, great. That was perfect, Nate. <laughs> yeah. Good Transition. job. Well done. It's example. good. It's so, good. Uh, at the beginning, you defined it as this is uh, no, see, this is so an illegitimate hard. way. I'm out of bed and having to have conversations with people. Illegitimate uh, ways of getting legitimate needs met. Thank right. you. Illegitimate ways of getting legitimate needs met. So I'm thinking of couples, and this is not uh, all men, this is not all women. It's really split that they have in marriage, they have this legitimate space 
mm-hmm. in which God has provided an opportunity for them to have needs met, and not just mm-hmm. sexually, that mm-hmm. desire and affirmation and being cherished, all those needs. Mm-hmm. And then one of the spouses ends up being an asshole mm-hmm. and withholding the legitimate need. Mm-hmm. And so a spouse is working on it, this is what I need, this is what I need, and the other spouse just won't give it. So here they have their legitimate space mm-hmm. that they're being rejected. And so that illegitimate n- way of getting that met is like, you know what, whether it's I'm going to go out and have an affair, I'm going to look at porn or whatever, it starts to become more attractive. Mm-hmm. The hard, uh, I guess the question I have for you is what do you say to that person that is honestly saying, look, I'd love for my legitimate need to be met in a legitimate way, and I'm being denied. What do we say to them? That's why I talk about safe community. In a marriage, you cannot just be, uh, your community cannot just be your spouse. And so I think Jesus modeled this perfectly. He had his 12, and he had his inner three, right? And that night in the garden, he, um, he took them to the garden, He took them to the garden and sat them down and then said to the three, hey, could you come a little further with me? And could you watch and pray? And he came back several times and said, could you just not watch and pray? You keep falling asleep. We serve a God who needs. We serve a God who feels. He was in anguish that night. He's wept. He's turned tables over. He was angry. That wasn't rage. That was healthy anger that Mm -hmm. Jesus was uh, showing in the temple. But that's what I would say. Look to Jesus as the model. He had uh, even women, he had healthy women that were in his circle. But certainly with his gender, he had 12 and his inner three. And one of those 12, he even had someone betray him. There was even that, and I believe he knew this, but there was even that, oh, you know, that guy's not so trustworthy. He's going to betray me. So, But the only way to be betrayed is if you have vulnerability. That's so right. he risked vulnerability even with the person that's right. he knew was going to betray so, him. Yeah, so in this case, sometimes it can feel like a betrayal, even in a marriage, before you get to an affair or pornography, that this person just isn't opening up to me, and I want them to. And so I would say to that wife or to that husband, what is your safe gender, same gender, safe community look like? Go go have a few women you meet with each week or have coffee with or whatever, that you do a book club or a group, and, and begin to peel back the layers, each of you step into vulnerability. Uh, it's okay, so practically, yeah. if if we got a husband who is, uh, we'll just we'll this because only guys listen to this podcast. Sure. So we've right. got a husband <laughs> who is like, you know what, my wife doesn't want to have sex with me, even when she does, which is infrequently. She makes me feel like I'm a beggar, and I leave a scoundrel, and I feel even worse afterwards. So practically, he can't go to his community of men and be like, uh, friends, I'm seeking a release. Who will help me? <laughs> like, that's not what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So how uh, we're talking about a sexual need mm-hmm. that can be fulfilled with pornography, a victimless crime, of course. Uh, what practically what headspace do you want him to get around to say, all right, this is yeah, this is rough. Mm-hmm. This is your appropriate place for this. How are these guys going to help him specifically with something that obviously he's not going to get physically met from them? Right. Well, first I would say that couple needs to go and see a marriage therapist and or a sex therapist, uh, um, a certified uh, therapist uh, to to work through what's really going on. Because, again, it's probably not about the sex. And there may be some physiological things going on as well that 
Um, but there's certainly things going on in both the wife's life and husband's life that gets them to that point. Um, huh. So again, now you you just emphasize certified. So are there certified sex certified? Well, there's yeah, some. So pe- they're like guys on the corner, like, hey, come tell me what's going on. You can, what, no, what? no, you oh. can go. Um, certainly, you can go, and someone will have training, and a, ther- a therapist mm-hmm. will have training because we do CEUs. But there are also certifications out there, and that's just what I meant. You you know, look okay. first and foremost in your town or city for somebody who's certified in that area, and and you know, do some research online for that, and and. Um, and then certainly, um, I, and I meant that if there are sexual issues going on, uh, physiological issues as well. But uh, certainly a trained marriage and family therapist could also help that couple for sure. Um, how you're, The other part of that question, or the question is, how do those men help? Um, certainly there's not going to be sexual exchange there, um, right. is your point. And I, I challenge men. <laughs> See, I... I I find it interesting that you even raise the question, uh, to, because we're we're then that implies that men don't know. Men don't know to a great extent. Men don't know. Not I'm not saying all men. What w- what we are missing in our Western culture? Here's my opinion and judgment: is this kind of vulnerability and intimacy between men mm-hmm. to be able to be to be able to talk through things and to be able to talk through hardships and to be able to say. My wife is withholding sex from me, and this is the hardest. This is so difficult. What do I do with this? How many men have conversations like that outside of a therapist's office? So, so part and, of, and to realize, going, going back to your earlier point, that it's not really about sex. That he's probably feeling incredibly rejected, undesirable. Yes. Like these are the deep, broken yes. things that are being created. Right. Right. That men can speak to. Yes. It doesn't need an orgasm to fix that. That's right. That's absolutely right. In fact, the orgasm through pornography or through an affair is, again, going to short circuit the potential, uh, what I call opportunity. There's an opportunity here for greater vulnerability with safe community to, um, to explore that and see what may come of that, to fill probably so many other needs that have gone long unfulfilled since even childhood because uh, a lot of these needs and messages that we carry of unworth and um, we're so detached unworthy unloved uh, we probably are carrying those into our marriages and relationships and friendships long before we ever even met our spouse mm-hmm. at, or these group of friends or yeah. so um, uh, so a lot of these unworth messages that are now being amplified because of this issue with my wife came long before I ever met my wife and at a time in my life where I wasn't even sexually mature. So I wasn't having sex, you know. So there, there's another side to that as well that it, often this goes back to before we were even sexual, sexually mature and, and engaging sexually. All so right. you said a couple things. Go, go to a therapist before I just want to recap what yeah, okay. Patty has said to that question because I'm picturing a listener saying man I struggle with this I don't have these relationships so we go back to the how to find a safe person yeah. at least how to grow your relationships yeah. and see test yeah. is this safe but they need to broach the subject and get into some counseling with their spouse and then start to even ask questions of guys hey have you ever felt like or something to open the conversation yeah. To those those things that are hurting inside. Yeah, of and a great place to start if you don't have men in your life, and uh, you know, go to the Samson website. This is what I send men to all the time. Go to the Samson website, 
look at the groups, put in your zip code, see if there's a group in your area. If not, if you're a, a man of faith, regardless of what faith you are, if you're a man of faith or of no faith, you know, um, and you're open to being around men of faith, even, you know, whatever, check with men in different churches, check with pastors saying, hey, I think this would be a good thing to start. Could we use your building? So take some initiative. It's not, it's not easy. What I often hear from different men and I work a lot with unwanted homosexuality as well with men, is especially from that group. They'll say, um, it, you know, I've been praying so hard that God would take this away or take away pornography, and, and, and he's not. And I've been praying that God would or take away homosexuality or if it's a guy that doesn't deal with that, my porn addiction or whatever. And, and I kind of picture God answering the prayer, looking down and saying, this is a relational issue. <laughs> you need to relate. Stop. I love that you're talking to me, but stop yeah. talking just to me. Go talk yeah. to, huh. bear one another bur- burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Confess your sins one to another and pray for each other that you may be healed. Uh, to each other, you know, emphasis on that. Stop just talking to me. I love it, but go talk to Nate and Newton and Mondo. And I, I believe author Nate Larkin and his uh Seminal book on this subject talked about asking God yeah. for private answers oh, for yeah. his oh, secret did you? sins. That's, I'm yeah. halfway through the book still. It's been four years. Sorry. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> I have a stat, man. It's a quick read. I know. I think, I think the other thing, ha- having been a guy who has recommended to his wife, we should go to therapy for this or this or this. I have these epiphanies and then I share them with my wife. Those always go better if you sound them out. Mm-hmm. With other guys. Yeah, exactly. Like those yeah. conversations for me, Check them first, having yeah. done them both, yeah, like sounding conversations out in a community of men, like I think I need to do this and like talking it out with another mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. for me anyway, makes it a lot more effective when I try to talk to my wife mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. You know? That so if you're, if you're listening to this podcast and you are fired up and you're ready to tell your wife that you should go to counseling, first, don't say... She should right. go to counseling, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I or we. Right. I or we. But maybe talk to another man about that first to get some language around mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Lest you step in a big, 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 smelly pile of dog poop. Mm-hmm. Okay. Of your own design. Uh, <laughs> yes. Of your own yeah. excretion. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Well, time has flown. Uh, Boy, it's been good to be back together, hasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, man. Yeah. Really, really has. Yeah. We'll be back with some just closing thoughts and some news about uh, about uh, Aaron's latest artistic productions. We'll be back in just a second here on the Pirate Monk Podcast. It's not what you And we're back on the podcast. 
Hey, uh, Thaddeus, you do you you staff a lot of weekends for guys, and there's uh, some coming up. Tell us about them. Yeah, thanks. I, I do. I staff uh, different weekends with several different organizations, and and one that I do uh, every year. It's uh, called the Journey into Manhood. I mm. mentioned a, a few moments ago before the break. What a great weekend. Yeah, and and I mentioned for the break. I also work with men who who identify as having unwanted homosexuality. They don't identify as gay, mm-hmm. um, and it's something they want to work on. They're self determining to work on. So uh, the Journey into Manhood is actually a weekend for men that. That's that's the audience that that weekend targets. Mm-hmm. However, any man could actually go to it, regardless of if you struggle, if you would consider unwanted homosexuality a struggle mm-hmm. in your life or not. Mm-hmm. And we have had men that don't consider that a struggle mm-hmm. go on the weekend and have gotten so much out of it. It's very much like a new Adam weekend, or uh, in some respects, a, a forty-eight hours weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, but the Journey to Manhood weekend, we do about seven or eight a year. It's through an organization called People Can Change, which is just peoplecanchange.com. Right, right, right. And so we have uh, about eight or nine weekends a year. So there are several more coming up this year. We're just at the beginning. Next week, actually, I'll be in Arizona at the Phoenix weekend uh, leading that. And um, But uh, there's one in Utah, Florida, Pennsylvania this year, Poland. We're overseas now in Israel, wow. Poland, and England. And wow. Looking to get into Germany, I think. Um, but if you want to go to this weekend mm-hmm. and you want to be on the weekend I'm staffing, <laughs> okay, okay. If you don't, don't go to either of these two weekends. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'll, I'll be in Arizona next week and Indiana in September. Okay. Um, and uh, for you guys in the greater Nashville area or surrounding cities and other states, Indiana, if you're in Nashville, it's, yeah, the site close. is a four and a half hour drive up 65. And so even it's very cost effective okay. if you're in this area. Um, yeah, so lots of great stuff going on with that community. And um, also, may I say when we think about that, if you're a pastor or a counselor or a life coach or someone who works with men in this area, or you don't, but you're seeing it more in your congregations or in your practice, and you just, you're kind of lost, um, we love, as I just said, we have men go through this weekend all the time that don't right. struggle with this. So we love when pastors and counselors and bears, oh my, come through uh-huh. this weekend. Now, you have to go through the weekend for yourself. It's not, I'm going to sit back and watch everybody, you know, because mm-hmm. you're going to get something out of it. Yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, it's it's about men, period. Again, they, that's just the audience they target. So I, I'm putting that invitation out because um, I hear from pastors and other counselors all the time. And it's great to have grab lunch with you all. And I'm challenging you, take the next step. Yeah. You know, go go to one of these weekends. Uh, if you want to know more about that, you can certainly contact me. Um, What's the best way for people to get a hold of you, Thad? Shoot me an email at Thaddeus at ThaddeusHefter.com. Uh, okay. Or contact me through my professional Facebook, Thaddeus Hefter Counseling at Facebook. and so. Before we move on, and Nate, you need to click your little camera again because we froze. Uh, I want to say something, uh, Thaddeus. You, I, I always hear your little nuances, and, and you're so careful with the way you talk. And yeah. speak, and that's awesome. So you said self. These are for people who are self determining. Determining. Thank right. you. They're determining. Uh, this their week path. in the news, y- yeah, we've got stuff in the news about uh, homosexuality is a choice, and oh, that's wrong. So this this gets separated into the well. There should be no places like this because you're just a pray the gay away, put a bunch of gays in a room, and you know, give them Bible right. verses and yell at them. 
and, and that's a sad dichotomy yeah. that I think people have that's cartoonish. Yeah. And I, I remember talking to a, a friend of mine who was not Christian, who is gay, and said, well, look, if somebody came to your church, Aaron, and said, like, well, I'm gay, would you try to make them not be gay? And it was it was like this really intense moment that I knew had a lot going on for him. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought about it. I said, well, man, if if somebody said, this is an issue in my life that I'm struggling with. This is my faith. How do I walk in my mm-hmm. faith with this issue in my life? Then we would talk through it. Right. I, as a pastor and as a Christian, this person is a Christian. But if that same person came to you, would you tell them not to be in their faith? Like, it's the exact same question on both sides of this. And so when you say that this is for somebody that says, this is something I want to walk in my faith Mm -hmm. in this way, and that's not an ugly thing, and it's not something that's worthy of CNN doing a, you know, this is what you think you can pray the game. So I just, I think it's so important for people to get the nuances of different people in, in the walks that they're in. Right. So. Absolutely. Let me just tag really quick. That's such a, that's very important what you just said. And these weekends, we do not pray the gay away. We do <laughs> not do shock therapy. We do not do aversion therapy. That's why I said any man could go to this weekend. The audience they target are men that struggle with this, to give them a place to go and look at this. But all the men around this table you could go to this weekend and you would be you know you would find fulfillment you would learn something about yourself that you didn't know before you arrived um and uh so yeah if you're a gay man and you want to be a gay man god bless you be a gay man Mm -hmm. you know if you're a man who's struggling with unwanted homosexuality or pornography or lusting after women all that god bless you find your path what is your journey what is your self-determination god gave free will he respects it it's not my job to disrespect that free will if he respects it how can i not so thanks for pointing that out yeah great all right and the final news is a big literary release uh, <laughs> a slow trickling yeah. literary okay. release <laughs> okay it's yes uh, the, the the third, the third part of the trilogy finally huh? up finally up. They were all written together as one book and rejected by all publishers for being too long for Christian readers. Oh, <laughs> That's the biggest. Uh, don't you think so? Yeah. I totally agree that oh, yeah. uh, that was the biggest reason it was rejected by eight publishers was Christians don't read this much unless there's an Amish woman on the cover, evidently. <laughs> and it's in big print. <laughs> yes, browse your local Bible bookstore. You'll see yeah, many you'll an Amish it, woman. Yeah. I actually offered to a publisher that we could put an Amish character in it, <laughs> and they didn't get the joke at all. Okay. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we d- divided it. So it's, it's actually three pretty short books. And... Uh, it is on Noise Trade. Um, just mm. type my name into Noise Trade, and it'll come up. But it it was something that was really important to me for about a decade. This story. It's, What's the title? Uh, it is called The Fallen, mm-hmm. uh, and it's uh, Ayn Rand was my inspiration. That if she could write novels explaining objectivism uh, in very obtuse characters, but clearly defining her beliefs then darn it, I think that is what uh, literature is supposed to do as well. So it is trying to capture the true nature of sin and the deep need for a savior in a story. All right. Well, great. Uh, Noisetrade.com. Noisetrade.com. Aaron Porter. That's what you want to do. The Fallen. 
Well, it looks like this is it until next week. Sure has been good, as I, as I said before. So Be sure I, to head out to the lobby and get your reunion T-shirts. Right. <laughs> reunion koozies, yeah. uh, bandanas. <laughs> and and, and we'll see you. And we'll, we'll be see you real soon. CDs later. Yeah, here <laughs> on the Pirate Monk Podcast. the April breeze I love you echo the hills I love you the golden dawn agrees as once more she sees daffodils